Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is a man who never asks his boss for an advance, my wise friend, Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? <laughs> I'm doing great. And no, I, I haven't asked anyone for an advance, but maybe I should. Who knows, right? It might happen. Well, as long as you don't work for the Daily Bugle, you actually could get your advance. <laughs> so, Eddie... We have a guest today, and it was a guest that I kept a secret from you for most of the time. About a half hour ago, I had to reveal who the guest was. The guest is someone that I know very well. I'm going to welcome our youngest uh, guest so far. This is my daughter, Samantha. Samantha, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Samantha. I'm a grad student at the University of Connecticut. And I am not a comic book reader, but I have seen all the MCU movies, and Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. That's good enough to be on the podcast, right, Eddie? Oh, absolutely. You're, you're doing better be- than me in the movie regard. I, I can't believe I'm on the Daddy-Daughter podcast. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> well, we need someone to do the, uh, the summary. So, uh, Eddie, why don't you uh, make yourself useful? Okay. The Amazing Spider-Man, 78, The Night of the Prowler. We open with Spidey feeling pretty good about closing out the tablet saga and defeating the lizard. He decides to give Gwen a call, in costume, and we see her talking from home with Flash in her living room. I can barely recognize Flash here. Can anybody else recognize Flash? Uh, I did not know it was Flash, but I have never read the comics before, so how would I know? (laughs) (laughs) Great, excellent analysis from our guest. Well, the Flash in the in the movies looks different in every movie. It's the uh, the Andrew Garfield Flash with the blonde hair. I think that looks the most like the Flash. The Flash in the Sam Raimi movies is Joe Mangiello, who was in Magic Mike. He's married to Sofia Vergara, but he definitely has brown hair. Um, he's also playing a villain in the DC Universe movies. In Justice League, he plays Deathstroke, which is a big time bad guy too. But this is what Flash looks like in the comics. That being said. I thought it was John Jameson because he was like really manly looking in his uniform. Me too. Like very much resembled John Jameson. Agreed. And John Jameson shows up all the time in Spidey's lore too. So it it seems likely that uh, um, Peter would run into him at some point. But that's not who he runs into right now. Um, Moving on, Peter heads home, but eventually goes on a sullen walk, which he's which gets downright depressing when he looks into the coffee house and sees Gwen and Flash together. Samantha, what were you thinking about this meeting? I didn't think that Flash and Peter were friends, so I was wondering why Gwen chose him to talk to. Who else could she talk to? I mean, it should, should have been Harry, right? I mean, it becomes clear later on kind of why she's talking to him. Does it? I, I don't know. Does does why is it's it because why is you tell us uh, now? You can tell us now. He, it's not that long. All right. He, well, Flash has a much longer history than Harry. Right? Harry didn't show oh. up until Peter Parker went to college, and Flash has known Peter Parker since sophomore year in high school. So if if you want to know something about Peter Parker, you're gonna go talk to Flash Thompson because I mean, besides like Aunt May, I guess we could say nobody else has been around longer. I. Th- I think Liz and Flash are on the f- splash panel of the first appearance. I think they're right. the two. They're, they're unnamed characters that are making fun of him. So mm-hmm. you're right. He's uh, he's one of the one of the OGs. He's the only one left, right? Because he <laughs> can't ask Liz, 
And you can't ask Betty. Well, you could ask Betty Brandt. That's true. But that, but that might be a little. She wasn't. She wasn't. She was at. You know, she wasn't involved in his life as much. She wasn't at school with him. So true. True. Uh, and Gwen does sort of have a history with Flasheroo. They've kind of kept him around. Like you know, the way that he's part of that whole MJ and Harry crowd. We've talked about that, and that was sort of sort of unusual. That's sort of a mystery to us. And uh, speaking of mysteries, why don't you uh, take away with the summary? Gwen is trying to figure out some of the mysteries of Peter while Peter is distraught and accidentally zatonks some aggressive thugs trying to rough him up. We segue to a window washer, Hobie Brown, above the sullen Peter. Hobie isn't doing so well because we see his girlfriend dump him with harsh truths. His boss refuses his technological upgrades as too expensive, and Jameson cajoles him into quitting his job. Hobie decides to use his inventions to give him superhuman powers. Samantha, what do you think about this costume for the Prowler? Uh, I like that his costume came from his inventions for his window cleaning job, but I did not understand the gloves. He says that they're supposed to help him grip the walls, but that seems a little far-fetched to me. I don't see how those pointy gloves could have any help to him in the window cleaning business. So are you more concerned that the gloves didn't fit with his window cleaning job or that they wouldn't be able to grip walls? I don't think that they would fit with his window cleaning business. I don't think they would help him grip walls either, but it just seems a weird invention. I, I'll tell you one thing. He's wearing the correct colors of a villain, which is, of course, purple and green. Right, Eddie? Yeah. I, I mean, his cape is blue, so... Or is that purple? Uh-oh. I'm, I'm doing bad job at colors. I guess that is purple, James B. Yeah. They... Anybody else? Doesn't anyone strike as being kind of bluish? Anyone? Now we'll play the cricket sound here. <laughs> All right, never mind. Move on. <laughs> um, I know that Peter is going to uh, swing by the bugle and ask for uh, an advance from J. Jonah Jameson, right, Samantha? Eddie, when has asking J. Jonah Jameson for an advance ever worked? Is this ever a good idea? This seems to be one of the worst ideas Peter Parker has ever had. Going to ask your cheapskate angry boss, who, now, let's not forget, he does have a heart of gold, right, employing ex-cons in the past and such. But um, it's a terrible idea, right? Did everybody see any logic in this notion in this comic? Particularly when he's down on his luck, too, huh? Are you telling me that this was just put in the comic to get Peter in a situation so he'd be in the location that we needed him to be when all this chaos went down? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Is there any other reason for him to do such a terrible thing? Well, why don't you tell the listeners what happens at the end and we'll talk about it. All right. Outside J. Jonah Jameson's office window, the Prowler has formed an excellent plan, with part of it being to rob the Bugle. The Prowler breaks in, grabs some cash, and we end with Peter about to get roughed up by the new villain. So the Prowler is trying to rob the Bugle, and then Hobie's going to find the money and return and be a hero? You guys think that's what's happening, right? Yes. That's what it sounds like to me. Okay, so he's he's a criminal, but it's sort of could be worse, right? He's not the worst kind of criminal. Right? Everyone here thinks he's a terrible criminal. It's fine. I I think this is a brilliant plan because 
yes, he's going to look like a hero after this, but I also think he's trying to do this to garner like attention for the inventions that he's clearly been like subdued and belittled by so many different people. So not only is he going to turn out to be a hero here and obviously a villain at the same time, but he should be able to get enough attention to sell an invention that he's been making. I, I think it's one of the best plans that I've heard about in a while. So Eddie, can you think of another situation where a villain has tried to become a hero by sort of beating the system? I can think of one in recent memory. Uh, in recent memory? I mean, I remember Mysterio doing this. He got a parade out of it, right? That's what exactly I'm thinking about. I'm thinking <laughs> Mysterio. And it, cause, because we've recently seen it in the the No Way Home uh, yeah. movie, of course, which we'll be talking about um, possibly in the future on our podcast. Are there any other things we want to talk about this issue? There's a couple things going on here. Uh, what's going on with the whole, we haven't had a racial problem in a bit, but did you guys happen to notice this, Samantha? Did you notice anything about this while you're reading it? I did notice his boss, or he says, you people, he's done dealing yeah. with. Ooh. And did you pick up on that too? I, I, He's very derogatory towards Port Hobie uh, in this scene. But no, I didn't catch those exact words. Yeah, he says, uh, right, he says something like, you know, people like you. And J- Jonah Jameson's the one who steps in. Eddie, did you see Spider-Verse? Um, no. <laughs> well... I'm a terrible Spider-Man fan. <laughs> That's okay. Um, Samantha, the character who plays the Prowler, like in the show, he's he's not terribly bad either, right? He sort of lives on that like slightly bad, I mean, more bad than good, but he's not terrible, agree? He's not terrible. He does, I think at the end, have a redeeming moment um, with Miles, but I I think he's a little worse than the character in yeah. this issue can you tell us a little bit about you you seem to know a little bit about the actor behind the voice and something what can you tell us what's going on with that in homecoming donald glover plays aaron davis and this is interesting because brian michael bendis was inspired to create uh the character miles morales after seeing donald glover in an episode of community dressed as spider-man Wow. So in Homecoming, <laughs> that's the first of the Tom Holland movies. Yes. The guy that has the ice cream and he's like, hey, he's like, you're, you're, he's like, man, my ice cream's going to melt. And he's like, nope, sorry, don't be a bad guy or something like that. You know, that character is supposed to be the same, the Prowler, essentially. Yes. Gotcha. You understand that, Eddie? Actually, what am I talking I about? I think you? so, okay. yeah. Yeah, well, they... They remember I've also mentioned that in the second movie, which is uh, in Far From Home, that they have the chameleon in there. You know what I mean? Like they just yes. name him, but they don't really do anything with him. They're just available when they need to. So it's a bit like a bit reference from the pet to the past or the comic books. Uh, any other thoughts on this issue? Um, I find it really fascinating. The scene where Kobe and Mindy are in, I guess we could say a club. Um, they have an interaction just before Mindy runs away where she, she gets more more and more upset because Hobie's like really down on himself about like his life and everything. And she gets up and as she's leaving, she says, if you act like a born loser, you'll be a born loser. And that's not what I want, Hobie. And like, these are some harsh words, but like, does anyone else think they could also apply to Peter Parker often? You know, like he's mm. so down on himself right now. He's 
seems so depressed to me. Um, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean, but maybe. I don't he's, know. he's particularly sad in this issue, too. Did, Samantha, did you think he was overly sad <laughs> moving around? Uh, he did seem a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> he's walking like alone at night <laughs> through the streets, all sullen. <laughs> Um, I had one other thing, too, in this issue. Gwen is getting very nosy into, you know, who Peter Parker is and having his, how he disappears. Now, we just saw in the last issue, James B., Captain Stacy and Joe Robbie digging into who Spider-Man is, what his actual identity is. I think these, these are going to be really big problems for him if they keep pressing Peter and looking into his life, right? Because by now they should clearly have figured this out, you're saying? They they should, or they. it seems like they're going to figure it out very, very soon. How could they not? If they're Gwen's going to the right source, as, you know, like Flash. Yeah, I don't know why Peter feels he couldn't tell a few people. I, I guess it comes back to, has he ever told anybody? And it's the consequence. I guess it's, if you think back to in 39 and 40, when the goblin knows who he is, the goblin starts using Aunt May against him. Right. So I suppose if... Somehow he tells somebody the information gets out. I mean, he'd like the world to just forget everyone knows he's Peter Parker in the future, right? So <laughs> maybe maybe you don't want to start here. But yeah, it does seem like you could tell a few people because it'd be a lot less, you know, have somebody being able Much to... Much less stressful. There's there's a lot of these um, TV shows. I know you're not a big TV person, Eddie, but like shows like <laughs> Smallville and Merlin and yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where there's a superhero type character who has to decide who they can count on to help protect their secret. It doesn't always work out, but it's always better to have someone else to kind of, you know, protect your back and cover you and come up with excuses when, when necessary, right? Yeah. Just help him out, like when he's yeah. trying to make big decisions, you know? So speaking of big decisions, Eddie... Um, I think we have a sponsor that uh, you might be very interested in. All right. I'm ready for the sponsor. Yeah. I know you enjoyed our, our sponsor last episode. Um, I, I actually did. They were wonderful. And hopefully we can get two in a row here, Eddie. So, Eddie, do you want to be safe from, like, you know, COVID, the indoor airborne disease, and keep your family safe like a real responsible dad? Uh, yes, I would. Well... We have a new job opportunity for you, Eddie. Window cleaning technicians are responsible for making the dirty glass windows of homes and offices and stores and high-rise buildings clean and glistening. Now, listen, they work outdoors, Eddie, okay? And that's that's really good. Um, you might think it's a dangerous job, but listen, it has its perks. For example, one, you're less likely to get, you know, COVID because you're outside. Uh and two, you do get to go inside occasionally because maybe you could be checking out the items inside a building. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, maybe borrow them and then find them again and or, or maybe just hold on to them depending on what it is. I think you know what I'm talking about here. Look, it's just more than cleaning windows, all right? So if you enjoy working outdoors, enjoy having a nice view, um, you should become a window cleaning technician today. So, Eddie, do you want me to hook you up with some people who can uh, talk to you about possibly working uh, as a window cleaning dish? Or do you want to keep working inside your COVID-laden schools? Are you ready for a career change, Eddie? Um, I might be ready for a career change, but I have two, I think, pretty important questions. 
Um, the company, do they have the technological upgrades of uh, Hobie Brown, or are they still refusing to <laughs> um, allow those technological upgrades? Do you, do you know, James B., is it in the uh, small print there? I I don't think you get the gloves. I, <laughs> oh. I've, I've determined the My gloves don't gloves. seem to really fit with the rest of the costume. I think everything else <laughs> we can hook you up with, yes. And, and then this... This sponsor, there seems to be an allusion to some criminal activity. It, there's there's not like a kingpin standing around, right, behind you, or like this company isn't owned by the kingpin or something? Um, uh, Dr. Doom is an issue five, Eddie. <laughs> um, Samantha, what do you think about uh, working for um, as a window cleaning technician? Uh, you know, I'm actually looking for a job right now, so I think I might apply. <laughs> All right, well... Uh, you and I will have to have a talk later, by the way. <laughs> but uh, we do thank our sponsor for being with us today. And we also uh, want to thank you, Samantha. We're going to move on and play a, a, a game about the best villains in the early Spider-Man comics. And since I believe this is the only comic you've ever read, you probably don't have quite the knowledge to play the game. But uh, we want to thank you for being here. And um, why don't you tell people how they could find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Sam with three M's B E N G. Sounds good. Eddie, um, you want to say goodbye to my daughter and then we can move on to our game. All right. Th- thanks for being on our show. You're a great guest. Thank you for having me. She's what good. if she has something to add? She... We're not going to do any after credits right now. <laughs> no. What did your dad have to do to you to make him to appear on the show? <laughs> Uh, she's quarantined. It was a great chance to. <laughs> I know where she was going to be tonight. Hey. Here. <laughs> All right. Uh... All right. Bye bye. Eddie, we got a tweet. Oh, how thrilling! Yeah, it's from at Slim Shady underscore EP. A Detroit reference. <laughs> sure. Um, yes, I know who Slim Shady is. I, uh, um, it says, "I'm definitely interested." And who you and Eddie would rank as your top five villains or supporting characters so far, if you haven't already mentioned it. Now, I know you love this kind of stuff. I, I do like playing games and kind of doing things, particularly with you, James B. I consider you well-versed in all games. So, oh, Thanks. So <laughs> uh, I mentioned this to you before the podcast, so we wouldn't have awkwardly sitting here trying to figure it out. Um, and I know you will be willing to do top five villains and worst five villains and top five supporting yeah. characters. And worst support. I know you like all this kind of stuff. So because we have a little bit of time today, let's just do the top five villains. OK, so all right. here's how we're going to do it. I, you do, know, go ahead. You have a plan. Do you think it would be helpful to read off uh, all the villains we've encountered so far in like a brief summary here sure for our listeners. sure for our listeners so there's a list here um that i did get from like wikipedia basically of i went for villains in order for spider-man and i just cut the ones we had um i did this mostly for you but you didn't need it um <laughs> it was listed as uh the burglar also known as uncle ben's killer uh the chameleon the vulture dr octopus the sandman dr doom the lizard electro the Enforcers, which of course are uh, Ox and uh, Fancy Dan and some other guy. Uh, Mysterio, <laughs> the Green My Goblin, <laughs> Craven the Hunter, uh, the Scorpion, the Molten Man. Um, and now, issue 31, we had uh, the Cat, 
I believe, like a, a cat burglar, who's going to come back later as a different person. Um, so it's the jackal, but we haven't really met him in that form yet. So we have to call him the cat still. Uh, the rhino, the shocker, the kingpin, and we just did the prowler. So, uh, you know, I guess he's eligible, but we really I, don't know a lot about him. There's there's some lesser villains, too, there are, right, that I include, yep, too. I have some lesser villains. Yeah, my list actually has one that's not on it, but I... I'm, we're going to get to that when we get to that. So, All right, uh, all right. fair enough. All right, well, I read the tweet. You get to go first. Tell us about who you had at number five. What At number five, I put the Green Goblin at number five. I actually happen to have the Green Goblin at number five as well. I think he's an excellent villain. He runs into Spider-Man often. Clearly, I mean, he's totally defeated Spider-Man and figured out a secret identity. If he could keep his mind together, he would be unstoppable, poor Norman Osborn. But... You know, he's he's got so many so many problems. So that's why he ended up at five for me. Yeah, I, I had him at number five because we meet him the first time and he's trying to put on like a production with the enforcers to try to trick Spider Man and then he's hanging out with Hent with the uh, the crime bosses. Um which crime boss is he, is he hanging out with there, Eddie? Do you remember? What? Um, the crime master oh, who yes. wasn't in your villains list. And yeah. Right. I, 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 it's a villain. I did consider him too, but it gets a little messy with the crime master. Um, True. But the, the crime master, like you said, and then, then there's the third version of him, which he's sort of, it, it's kind of messy with him. So yeah, I like him, but depending on which Green Goblin you get, some I like better than others. So that's why I, I also had him at number five. So my number four is Dr. Octopus. What I like about him is he's pretty strong. He is able to lead the Sinister Six, so he's got you know that leadership. He also gets involved in the underworld sometimes, and sometimes he hangs out with just the other supervillains. Uh, but really, that seals the deal is his relationship with Aunt May. And as <laughs> dumb as I make fun of her for not realizing it, the fact that he's always pouring her tea in those little, uh, with the little extra arms and handing her little Great cakes panel. and stuff, I can't get over it. And then, you know, of course, later on, he's going to be uh, like living in her house. And <laughs> I I know it's not what you rate a villain on, but for me, that's why he's, he's in my top five. He's my number four. I put at number four, the Kingpin. Now, the Kingpin... I. He's not my favorite villain personally, like for many reasons. But I do think he clearly goes toe-to-toe with Spider-Man physically. I don't understand it. I mean, I know it's all muscle, not just fat. But he can physically deal with Spider-Man in a prolonged fight many, many issues in a row. And then the Kingpin's connections all throughout the city, I think they're going to cause Spider-Man so many problems. I know we only have seen this a few times. Like when he's captured by the police, he says Spider-Man, you know, he was working in cahoots with Spider-Man, which this is such a big problem for Spider-Man. I I think he's going to be very problematic because of his criminal uh, connections. And lastly, he's very clever. He has a lot of booby traps and like um, technological things that he tries to get Spider-Man with. And he knows when to run away, too. He's not like other villains that will just stick around and get beat up. Well, my number three thus far is someone who I've referred to before that I did not like when I was a young James B. reading these comics at all. Uh, My number three is The Vulture. And I like him because he, much like your example of the Kingpin, uh, he makes smart decisions. He is the smartest character 
when fighting in the Sinister Six, telling Spider-Man that, hey, you need to disable your webs if you're going to fight me, or else I'm just going to destroy this card, and you're never going to find these, sorry, never going to find Aunt May yes. and Betty Brant. He, he's just, he outsmarts the entire, um, one of our sponsors who was the, uh, the Pinkertons <laughs> by going um, through the sewers. He's just smarter. He's just a tough out, and man, the guy works with so little, and, and he's so old, and he's just so good, and that's why the Vulture's my number three. Well, he's not my number three. My number three, here it is, everybody. You know I do like the Lizard. I put the Lizard as number three. Now, I think he's, you know, in the same kind of vein as Sandman and Scorpion in some senses, you know? Um, but I know we just, we just read um, several Lizard issues where... Uh, things did not look so good for the lizard. And I think one of the problems with the lizard is is that the movies, I really don't like the lizard in the movies, but I do really like him much more in the comic books. And I think I got to thank Travis Bow, one of our guests for saying it, like he's a monster, you know, like he's not really a human and he's not depicted as a human. And I just find it much more interesting to see this like animalistic drawn animalistic and like visual um references being the lizard in addition of course to i do like the backstory of like he's doc connors and spider-man can't really like hurt him it complicates any fight that the lizard's ever going to be in so he might not be the smartest character and he's he is overly chivalrous since we found out in the last couple of issues but he he comes into my number three james b my number two is one that I did not read on the villain list, and that's J. Jonah Jameson slash the J. Jonah Jameson <laughs> controlled robots. Um, again, as a young lad, I was never interested in a J. Jonah Jameson face attacking Spider-Man, but those robots are uh, Smythe robots. They're super tough. Uh, they have the ability to find Spider-Man. He's avoided them barely, and having J. Jonah Jameson at the controls has sometimes saved him and sometimes hurt him. And we all know J. Jonah Jameson is sort of his number one enemy anyway. So that's why I have J. Jonah Jameson and his robots at my number two. All right, I'll continue. Um, my number two was Doc Ock. We already talked about him, and I agree with you wholeheartedly on all those things that you said, James B. Why don't you finish up here with your number one, and then I'll tell you my number one. Okay. I have a guess who yours is. I don't know if you know who mine is. But, <laughs> uh, my number one is uh, Mysterio. Um <sighs> I just, I mean, they threw a parade for him for a reason, okay? <laughs> he, the way that Craven wants to have like a trophy, Mysterio wants to make Spider-Man crazy. Um, he's, he's just a better version of the chameleon because he has gadgets. He can make the entire uh, X-Men. Uh, he's just, he's just so close to defeating Spider-Man so many times and, Man, he's just he's just the best, Mysterio, and and he's got the great costume. It's so unique. You see that? You know, I just <laughs> yeah. He is he is currently my number one villain. Uh, Eddie, how about yourself? Um, I do like Mysterio. I I gotta agree with you in so many counts. Um, but uh, my number one is your number two, J. Jonah Jameson. Um, those robots that he made. First of all, I you know one thing about villains I like against Spider-Man are villains that can physically go up against Spider-Man. And that's my biggest problem actually with Mysterio. If we talk about annual 
um, number five, I think we just read. Mysterio, like, once Spider-Man gets his hands on him, it's it's over. Like, it's kind of like the Green Goblin. Once he gets his hands on him, you know, can't defeat him. But those robots, if, if you look at the first J. Jonah robot, they completely had Spider-Man. He was 100% caught. And if they had just, like, I don't know, carried him to wherever J. Jonah was, it, it's over. Like, completely over. And then... The even bigger reason that J. Jonah Jameson is his number one villain is he appears almost every single issue. And if it wasn't for him, Spider-Man would be like, you know, the Fantastic Four or the Avengers or, you know, you name it. There's there's no superhero who is hounded more by one guy other than J. Jonah Jameson. I don't like him, but he's an excellent villain for Spider-Man. If you have a question for us, you can send it to us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. And remember, listeners, if you're wearing purple or green, you're definitely a villain. Bye-bye. Bye. We were doing the sponsor, and you said, is there like the kingpin looking over your shoulder? <laughs> yeah. And did you hear me say, like, Dr. Doom is Amazing Spider-Man 5? <laughs> yeah, I, Do, I didn't get it. What is it? The last time you did the sponsor, you said to me something like, James B., are you in dress? Is there somebody there? You said, uh, what issue does Dr. Doom appear in? Answer if, answer if you're in trouble. Oh, that's really good, James B. I can't believe you thought of that on your feet. You got me. You got me on that one.